0: What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder with Silver and Black Pride here. The Raiders are coming off a nice win against the Houston Texans last week and begin a two-game Southeastern road trip against the New Orleans Saints this Sunday. So, for our Behind Enemy Lines podcast, please welcome Brendan Ertle from Canal Street Chronicles, SB Nation site that covers all things Saints. Brendan, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing?
1: Yeah, uh, do- doing good. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, exciting to-, to be talking um, this fine two in two win team uh, game.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like it's uh not quite where we expected both teams to be, but uh, at this point in the season. But I'm curious, man. Obviously we you guys are seven games into the season. What's your kind of uh what are your thoughts on the Saints season so far and what are your expectations moving forward?
1: I mean brutal, honestly. Uh we had some some interviews with the players just yesterday and uh I think they all said it best is kind of lost our swagger a little bit. We got to get that back at some point. Um, But yeah, through seven games of the season, I think we all expected probably both these teams to have a flipped record. Um, It's being two and five. And for, for, for the saints in general, I think, uh, I think they're lucky to have two wins at this point. I think there was only uh, one game they probably shouldn't have been in. And that was against Carolina, which is probably the worst team they've played. And just overall, it's been a pretty, pretty rough year. And I think, uh we could blame injuries that's a, been a big part of this of of the issue for the saints' is injuries um but yet again that's not an excuse because uh, the saints were the most injured team in the nfl last year started sixty sixty three 63 different players and they found a way to win eight games and uh now we're battling through some some other injuries but it's something we haven't faced before and it's just not working right now um part of it being a new head coach in dennis allen you know he hasn't experienced a team um like this uh, I I mean, you guys are very familiar with Dennis yeah. Allen and the 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 things he had to go through, but um, yeah, I think he expected to have this talented roster and that kind of depleted pretty fastly, and um, a lot of people have thrown that back to what what he had with the Raiders in mm-hmm. a similar situation, just de- couldn't figure it out, and I think we're we're kind of in this lull situation, and uh, every Sunday is a frustrating situation, and the Saints played Thursday, and um. I think we were all pleased to have a, a weekend that we could enjoy.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It was like that with the bye week for, um, a couple weeks ago for the Raiders, where I think it was it was one of those times where I'm like I am I'm, I'm excited to watch Red Zone and uh, not have <laughs> to have a have a, a stress free uh, Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. But you bring up like the NFC South a little bit when you, what you're talking about. Every team is below 500 right now. I know the Bucks aren't playing that well and all that stuff. So is the division title still something that's kind of in sight or obviously still kind of in reach for the Saints right now? But is it still something that, you know, you're holding up hope for?
1: I mean, of course, they still got the right players on the roster. It's not like they're out there. Um, are not guys that, that can't compete and can't play. They they have talented guys. It just hasn't worked out yet. And that's probably been the most frustrating thing is the fact that the NFC is so weak and the NFC South is just this bad at this point. And the Bucks are losing games that they shouldn't lose. And the Packers are losing games. And the Rams are, um, you know, in that 500 range as well. So, like, all those teams you'd expect to be leading the NFC South or the NFC in general just aren't. So that makes it that more frustrating because it feels like when the Saints have had their prime – runs they've had some really tough teams to go up against and now it's like it's anyone's it's anyone's conference honestly and I think for the AFC it's kind of similar but you know they have you have the Chiefs you got the Bills you got teams like that uh the NFC doesn't really have a team like that besides the Eagles and I think um I I think they'll be tested a little bit harder later on but yeah I this is definitely a goal that I could see um it's anyone's division, honestly, and even though the Atlanta Falcons are still in it, and uh, don't discount <laughs> yeah. the Carolina Panthers either, it's it's a it's an open division.
0: Very true, very true. Big upset for the Panthers this weekend,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: definitely definitely a wide open game over there down in the south. I do want to move in on and talk about the quarterback situation. And my question is really, what the hell is going on with Jameis Winston and, and Andy Dalton? Like, what's what's the situation? Is I know Winston was injured and now he's healthy. Like, what's going on over there?
1: It it has been an experience and i think for the majority of my viewing watching football i've been spoiled with drew Brees and the health of him and kind of those teen years where it was like he's leading the league in passing every year and they got an exciting offense and just these past four years i mean i was just tweeting about it just the other day and i probably could find the tweet but since 2019 we've had drew Brees, teddy bridgewater start and then the year after that we had um Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, because he went down again, and then we had Drew Brees, um, Jameis Winston. I mean, Trevor Simeon. I was at the the last Saints game I went to is when we played the Dolphins in prime time, where Ian Book was starting. We we're Super on our fourth nut. string quarterback, <laughs> and it's like now it's just this carousel. And we've had Andy Dalton. He's played well, and then hasn't played well, and uh. I mean, we're all excited about this opportunity on Thursday that he had. And uh, even Ian Rapport was like, yeah, moving forward, Ian could be the starter, or Andy could be the starter, because he's kind of brought this cool mentality and the calmness of the offense and his ability to limit turnovers. And then we just see an absolute collapse on Thursday night. And I think we're all embarrassed uh, that Andy threw, you know, six touchdowns and two were to the wrong team. So <laughs> um, it, it's been exhausting. Jameis did have, um, some major injuries and he still does. I think he has got four parts of his back, the L1 through L4 I think that are I don't want to call it what it's not, but they're they're not what they're supposed to be and he's right, had an ankle right. injury that um has has bothered him, but yeah, we definitely didn't expect uh the 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 play at quarterback to be this bad. Um I know when you're playing with Jameis Winston, you you never can predict but just going yeah. off what we saw last year it was it was he fixed the turnovers he i mean i mean limited the turnovers uh, he composed himself on offense a little better he was more calm and this year i think he's trying to overcompensate cuz he got, he's got guys out there like Olave and jarvis landry just exciting guys and last year he didn't have anyone like that so um yeah i think the court acquisition is is uh, up in the air i think you know as much as me in terms of who's starting this week <laughs> I, I i would expect uh, Jameis Winston just based off of his health and I think he's fully I, okay I'm not going to say fully I think he's the most healthy he will be gotcha, this gotcha, season because yeah. no player is healthy but yeah I would expect to see Jameis and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Andy as well.
0: I'm glad to know a little bit because I was going to ask you like who is starting that it's even with people no follow the team closely it's like we got no clue so mm-hmm. it's just gonna be a wild card out there but I'm curious so what is the biggest difference and I think you touched on this a little bit um, in the Saints office when Andy Dalton is quarterback and when Jameis Winston is, is quarterback.
1: Yeah, it, it really felt like when Jameis was in, we did have explosive plays. We did have moments where the offense was um, able to move the ball, but then there was those four or five series where there's just nothing. You're going backwards. Uh, there's a rush. And Andy hasn't played with with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, which is, which is surprising to, to even think about because they've been injured since week three. And that's when Jameis really got hurt as well. So, um, Andy, when he came in, it was you f- kind of found like a rhythm on offense. you weren't necessarily scoring every drive, but you were able to move the ball. They got to the fifty yard line we celebrated about that and then all of a <laughs> sudden, um, I mean Pete Carmichael' has been our offense coordinator for years but hasn't called plays and a lot of people were um harping on him and the, the decisions he made, but all of a sudden the Saints offense has been able to score points and it's been. Mostly, you know, Taysom Hill making plays out there and big plays to to start drives and end drives. And Kamara's been of course a, a big part as well. But um just that calming influence he had, like I said earlier, was really the reason that they started to have some success. And Jameis, I think, um, could do that as well. He just needs to settle down and in and, and times you could see in the pocket he was he was uh just just seemed uncertain, seemed rushing, like he was gonna rush to make a decision, made decisions that he probably shouldn't have made. And now that Andy's making those same mistakes at these times, it's like, um, who who do you trust to? And I, they they named Jameis the starter going into the season, and they really had some belief in him. So I think you still got to give him that shot. Uh, a, a lot of excuses could be made of he's he's injured. Uh, that could be that could be a part of it. But you know we just haven't seen it from Jameis pretty much at all since Florida State, where he was really dominant. So, um, yeah, the I think the Saints and Raiders games are always. Always classic games, and I think last time we played was um, a, a domination by the Raiders and Drew Brees and uh, Darren Waller dominating Malcolm Jenkins. So uh, <laughs> this will be a really big game for I think both team seasons.
0: Definitely, definitely. You bring up the injuries to Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, and I kind of want to dive into that next. What is their status, or what is their status looking like? It's going to be for this Sunday, and if they're not be able to go, who's kind of going to step in and replace those two guys?
1: Yeah, so I've said for the past 3 4 weeks and you know, I've said it on my show too and I think my viewers are tired of hearing it. Um mm-hmm. I think they got a shot of playing this week. Uh Dennis Allen said after the the Cardinals game that they'd have an opportunity to get some playmakers back. What that means, not sure because they are down a, a few of those guys. Um Michael Thomas ha- has you kind of got to read into the things that he does. Uh, he's tweeting on Twitter, like, like little quotes that he gets from music. And he doesn't do that unless he's he's amped up and he hasn't done that for a while. So <laughs> I, I expect him maybe to to practice this week and have a chance to play. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. this was kind of the date we had circle where it's like maybe we could get Mike and Jarvis back this week. Um, but it's hard because there you know, there's always those few players in the NFL you just don't get a ton of information about. And I think Michael Thomas is one of those guys and we don't know what his injury is. Uh, we've heard toe, we've heard foot. Um, I think they want to keep that quiet just because what happened last year and the situation that went down, I think uh, obviously they know what's going on and it's not season ending. And that's what we were told last year as well. So I think saints fans just in general, are jumping to conclusions a little bit, getting a little frustrated just with the timeline of his injury. So um, like I say, injury report comes out on Wednesday, recording this on, on Tuesday, not sure when it's going to be out, but right. uh, we'll really know uh, early in this week, if he's got a shot to play, if he, if he doesn't practice, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he's not playing. So um, that will really tell the, those first couple of days, but who's going to step up. I mean, that's been a question that, that we've, been asking every week one week it's marquez Callaway. one week it's Traquan smith uh alave will always get his 10 targets for 100 yards he just always finds a way to do that so um it, it's been a shuffling of the offense but they have some depth at the position and uh always find a way to to score um i i, I know fantasy owners are, are frustrated with camara but uh, yeah Taysom hill has been a big part as well
0: so I I lo- absolutely love the fact that there's like a coded language between like Michael Thomas and his tweets and his health status. So I'm curious for the for the Raider fans that are uh, maybe following Michael Thomas and like maybe following extra uh, close uh, this week, what sort of tweets means he's kind of come back, and what sort of tweets means maybe he had a setback in his recovery.
1: If, if he's completely quiet, he's not playing. So That's I right. I think when he tweeted out. We had a lot of people be like, "Yo, is Mike back?" Because he's tweeting out song lyrics, so he's like <laughs> just getting getting in his in his vibe again. I think that's really kind of his mentality is just kind of um, just ch- getting into that mode that he's got to get into. So we haven't heard from him in a few weeks. So a song lyric tweet was was a glimpse of hope for all of us.
0: So for all my Raider fans out there on Twitter, go to Mike Thomas, turn on the notifications, <laughs> and see if you gets something throughout the week. Well, that's how we'll find out. Exactly. That's how we we'll do it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You bring up Chris Olave, who's kind of taken the league by storm. Thirty-two catches, four hundred ninety-five yards, excuse me, and two touchdowns. What is his role in this Saints' office?
1: He's everything. I mean, he's been everything. Uh, We didn't expect him to to really excel this fast. We kind of expected it to be Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and then their sidekick Chris Olave. But because of those injuries, and honestly, early on in the season. Olave was was looked upon a lot because he is that deep, deeper receiver, and you know we got the the jokes about Mt and Jarvis, but yeah, they they don't bring a ton downfield, and that's what Olave does exceptionally well. And with a quarterback like is he's gonna give you shots to make plays. And um, the thing about the Saints is they haven't had a guy like Olave really since you know Ted Ginn and Ted Ginn was never really that explosive right. with this team. Is I was always, always at the end of his career, um, so he's been leaned upon. I mean he's he's been everything and just moving forward he's going to continue to be everything and even if we get Mike and Jarvis back um he's been the wide receiver one he's been he's been the guy and he's been able to have find matchups that um that are good for him and I think the offense has done a good job of getting him the ball early and often but yeah we missed him for a week with a concussion and really did struggle with the offense in that week and I think that was um, that was a Seattle week. He didn't play the week after. But after he went down, it was like the offense looked completely different. We're just um, finding plays to find yards, and we're not really looking for players. We're just looking for plays. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's been probably our best offensive player this year.
0: You know, it's kind of funny you brought up Ted Ginn, and I completely forgot about him with this, his time with the Saints. So Ohio State has been a pretty mm-hmm. – Ohio State wide receiver has been pretty good to the Saints so far, huh?
1: I mean, absolutely. Ohio State players in general, I mean, they got – Ton more and Pete Warner and Lattimore and it's it's pretty incredible that we keep dipping back in that Ohio State well and I I I mean I recommend teams that need a wide receiver uh go get a Ohio State kid because they're mm-hmm. they're well coached and they show up on Sunday. So I
0: want to circle back real quick to Olave and was curious has his route tree expanded much since his college days because he was kind of a little bit more of that downfield threat and maybe not as much of a threat in the the shorter intermediate areas.
1: I, I think it toned down a little bit. I mean, obviously at Ohio State. He had some great quarterbacks. And um, in the college game, I think those things open up a little bit more than they do in the league just because you got better players, better schemes. You're is not going to be wide open down the seam every play like he was in college. Um, but a lot of things that he did in college uh, has shown on film. And week one, um, there was a route, I think it was a two point conversion. And there was this highlight that the Saints kind of scouted Olave with and they they ran him with when they when they worked him out too and it was like a little little zig route and i mean if if you've ever watched his heights you know exactly what play i'm talking about and he runs it to perfection he runs like the little hesitation perfectly and everything and it was a play just for Olave. and so seeing that college film the college routes that he runs and then seeing them on sunday is pretty cool because that's kind of what he brings to his offenses has route running ability and just getting open and uh, I I don't think his yards after catch has really uh, been as effective. Like in college, it was like he's making a catch and he's gone. And obviously, the right. league's better; the better tacklers um, just haven't really seen that yet. But just his ability to get open, period, has been has been remarkable. And I don't think any of us expected him to come onto the scene this quick. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of twelve jerseys uh, mm-hmm. moving forward because that's that's our offense right there.
0: Hey, well, that's good to hear. I was a big fan of Alave coming out of Ohio State, so I'm glad to see him have some uh, immediate success. Hopefully not on Sunday, but I'm uh, glad <laughs> to see. Um, so you brought up Alvin Kamara. His frustration with fantasy owners been held out of the end zone so far this year. Has put up good, you know, yard stats, just hasn't been able to put the ball in the paint. Has those struggles, has that been more of like indicative of him maybe regressing a little bit or kind of the offensive struggles as a whole? What's what's been going on there?
1: I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I He had a really, really good training camp, and we expected him kind of have a, a giant year. And uh, the questions are always going to be, is Jameis going to give up, give Kamara the opportunity right. to make these plays in the passing game? And it didn't really happen early on. Andy, da- Andy Dalton has done a better job at it recently, but I don't think the touchdown thing is much of a concern. It's, it's more so the offense stalling in the red zone, and he's not really gotcha. getting the opportunities that he should. I think once they hit the red zone, it's like let's just let's find a play for Taysom Hill, and that's kind of been the main thing. And uh, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of fans are always like, "Who who do you start on uh, in fantasy for the Saints?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, just start Taysom because they'll give him the opportunity to score. And it, Kamara just hasn't really had those opportunities, and they haven't been to you know the red zone that much. And when they do, they usually end up with three. And that's been a big problem for them. Is Uh, scoring in the red zone. And I think they've probably lost a couple of games just because they've been ineffective in that area and uh, some interceptions in the zone as well. So I think Kamara's had a a decently good year, um, battled some injuries early on. He had a rib cartilage injury that kept him out. He came back a little bit too early and then had to sit again. So he's had an up and down year, but I think overall he will eventually find the end zone. Um, I know it's not the year fantasy owners wanted, but uh, it's going to happen at some point.
0: And building off what you're talking about a little bit in the red zone too, the Saints brought back Mark Ingram, so has he kind of taken on that role a little bit and gotten the lion's share of the carries near the goal line too?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's funny because I think Saints fans just in general are frustrated about the amount of Mark Ingram touches in the red zone. It's like, no, we got to give, we got to give Khmer an opportunity in the red zone. And I think there was two possessions in Arizona where it was goal to go, and I don't think Kamara touched the field. And I think there was some some concern about why he didn't. And I think two out of those th- three possessions were, were mostly uh, Taysom Hill packages. And there was a, a, a dump off route to Ingram. And um, th- there's really been issues with this team in the red zone moving forward. And in the past, uh, I don't know how they're going to solve those things. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better unless you bring back a guy like mt and jarvis where those are your red zone guys can we throw i mean it's 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 a meme to a lot of people but can we throw a slant to my mike thomas and make first and 10 second and three in, in in goal to go and i think that's a big part of it so just getting your running backs better opportunities in that area i think is kind of the main thing because the passing offense and the red zone has been pretty much non-existent
0: well, let's talk about the trenches here for a minute. And Teron, Teron Armstead was a big departure in the off season. So, how have the Saints replaced him and who's kind of stepped in and filled in that role?
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can replace a guy like that, and they they kind of haven't. But they have a veteran in James Hurst, and they've had him for a, a few years now. And you know, he's just one of those guys where he he's good enough. He d- he does enough good things. Doesn't do. You know many bad things, and they obviously drafted Trevor Penning with their first-round pick, and uh, he got injured in the preseason, and I think he should be returning to practice here in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, we kind of expected James Hirsch, regardless of how Penning played early on, t- to be the starter and be the staple. I think he's been okay. Um, the big question for the Saints early in the season was the offensive line play because that was really a struggle there, and I think part of it was on the quarterback and the decisions that were made back there and the time that was spent back there. And I, I, ever since they switched to Andy Dalton, offensive line play has been fantastic. So I don't know if it's what, if it's been rhythm, if it's been trust, if it's, if the the run game has opened up completely since the, the switch to Andy Dalton. So um, I, I don't know, sometimes, you know, in different sports, when you, in hockey, if you pull the goalie, you just do it to, to get some momentum. For, for your guys so i think something jump-started them just in general to, to get things going and uh th- they've been better there's still some issues and every week there's it there seems to be a guy that's, that stands out in a bad way but uh their first round pick from a few years ago cesar ruiz has been probably their best their best player and i i Ram as well has been pretty good as well but the penalties have kind of put him down lower on that rank but yeah they've had some guys stand out for sure
0: So you brought up Ramzik, and on the other side of the trenches on the other end or not, or the other uh, tackle spot, it's actually a battle that I'm really looking forward to watching, which is going to be Max Crosby versus Ryan Ramzik. ramzik has been one of the best pass blocking right tackles, probably one of the best right tackles just in general in the league for a while now. But I'm curious, is there a type of rusher that's given him trouble just to see how he matches up with, uh, with Crosby?
1: Um, I don't know if anyone in particular stood out. I think there's always a, a few plays here and there where uh, he does get beat with those with those quicker moves. I think he's with those strong power rushers. It hasn't really been a huge issue, but a guy like Crosby, I think, kind of brings it all. He's kind of like a, a yeah. Cam Jordan of, of a Saints defense where he can stop the run well. He's got the power moves. He's got he got the speed moves. I think that can be a problem for a guy like that because you don't really know. What exactly he's going to do on each and every single rush, where there's guys out there where you know what moves they're going to make. So uh, I think Crosby is a, is a game wrecker. He he's a he's a scheme wrecker. And um, man, I, I uh, Ramchek's got a ton of false start penalties this year, and probably too many. Uh, one's probably too many for him. So uh, hopefully he can tone it down a little bit and and chill out. And for Saints fans, keep whoever's in at quarterback uh, decently clean.
0: So I'm gonna push you on the spot here, between Crosby and Ramsay, who do you like in that one-on-one battle?
1: If if they're in practice and, and they're running tackle DN drills, I I think they each I think they each win one. I think if if it's a best two out of three, it's whoever gets the last rep. But I think you know out of ten out of ten reps, I think they're each going to get you know five. Gosh, I think it's a good I, matchup.
0: I like it. Nice one to one. I'll give you the cop out answer for today. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll let it slide for today. <laughs> Well, shifting to the other side of the trenches, Cameron Jordan has been one of the better pass rushers of this generation, but he's getting up there at 33 years old. Has he shown any signs of slowing down at all?
1: How do I answer this? Um, (laughs) Yes and no. Last year was a very, very slow start for him, and he found a way to get the double-digit sacks late in the year, turned it on late, and he kind of said that it was – they had some injuries in the trenches and they had some different – positions that were in and out next to him and he said you know like Crosby I think he does better when there's someone really good next to him or there's someone on the opposite side of him that that is really also very good and they can't just focus just on him and I think that's kind of been the case for him so far this year they haven't really had any big injuries in the trenches but just inconsistent play Uh, Marcus Davenport's been a guy who has been really really good one week and then you just don't really see him the next week and with a guy that they traded up to get and traded uh, an extra first to go get him um in 7 games he's got half a sack and he, he even without the numbers he poses a threat just because he's you know a freak athlete a freak human but just haven't you know at some point there's got to be stats on 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 the board and there's just not at this point and cam jordan was really really leading this team and Pretty much every category in the defensive line. So uh Cam's always been a big part of what we do in the run defense and of course the pass defense. But the past couple weeks just haven't had much pass rush. And um this we we thought of the Raiders this week being a huge trap game for us because last week we had Kyler Murray, a guy that you know we all know he can do running the football and getting out of the pocket. And the Saints really struggle against those guys and then after this week against you guys, we have the Baltimore Ravens. So obviously self-explanatory there. So yeah. I think Derek Carr will be the slowest quarterback we see <laughs> in in this three-week span, but he definitely can, can move as well as an athletic little guy. So
0: I think you answered my question a little bit already, but I feel like Marcus Davenport has kind of been that guy in New Orleans that a lot of people have been waiting to kind of take that next step and emerge. So it sounds like is he kind of still, are you guys still waiting for that? Is it still just the consistency issue? Like what is he, what's holding him back?
1: it's gonna be really, really interesting because he's gonna be a free agent this offseason and it, there's situations out there where I could see him getting ten, twelve million just because what he puts on tape is is crazy. It there's it's it's unhuman what, what he does in the pass rush game. But there's just stretches and times where I don't think he's taking necessarily plays off. It's just it's just not happening. And I, I don't know if that's that's coaching, if it's motor, if it's just I I, I can't I can't explain it. There, there's there's no there's no excuse for for why the numbers have been down, because a guy like that, if you've got a one one matchup, I mean, you you got to win at some point. And he, he does win. I think teams do scheme around uh, the quick pressure from from both edges and do get the ball pretty quick. And I think that one of their best pass rushing games was against Tampa Bay. But what Tom Brady does so well is he he kind of eliminates any kind of pass rush that you throw his way because he can get the ball out so quick. So um, I think it's been, you know, a little frustrating for both of those guys on the edges, um, kind of being game planned around. And, you know, I played DN in high school as well. And there's just stretches and times where you feel like you have three or four good rushes and then the ball goes the opposite way or the ball comes out quickly. So just hasn't happened for him. But, yeah, I could see um that any given week he could have three sacks or you know no sacks
0: so i feel like david Anyamata is kind of a an underrated interior rusher in this league i mean he's been doing it in new orleans for close to a decade now can you tell us what he brings to the table
1: yeah i think um I, I don't want to pick on him too much but i think he's been a big reason of why we haven't had too much success in the pass rush game um he's very, very good. Very, very talented. But just this year, I haven't seen him. I mean, we don't call his name on Sundays. Isn't really making any kind of impact in the pass rush, and which, which is, which is different because in years past he's been this dominant guy uh, in the interior for us. And uh, for t- just defending Davenport and Cam Jordan for a second, um, you can't pass rush and expect to get sacks when there's no interior pressure. The quarterback can just step up and move the ball, and in, in that way, and to to um Davenport or anyamata's uh, defense there has been some shifting of the defensive tackle next to him we've had Shai title we've had Cantavius Street there's just been multiple guys next to him but just hasn't happened for him this year um well like I said about Davenport it can happen any given week for him to have a good week um but they've been gashed in the run game which I which I know the Raiders have been very good at these past few weeks and uh all Saints fans watched that Raider game and watched Josh Jacobs run all over mm-hmm. uh, the Houston Texans, and that's something that we've been very, very good at is stopping the run. And just this season, um, just just haven't been able to. And uh, it's 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 weird because the personnel in the front seven, you expect a, a front of Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, Pete Warner, Demarau Davis t- to be good at it at that, and they are. But t- there's no excuse; it just hasn't happened. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. At linebacker, Demario Davis is another guy that's been doing it for a while but is getting up there in age. So how much does he have left in the tank?
1: I think he's got he's got a decent amount left, and he he has weeks and stretches here and there where he is really, really good. And I think he still is one of those top 15 to 10 linebackers in the National Football League. And uh, ever since signing with New Orleans, he kind of had that breakthrough in his career. But the guy next to him, I think, from all the football I've watched this year, I think he's one of the most under- underrated players in the national football league to this point and that being pete warner he is absolutely incredible what he shows you on film when you watch all 22 there's not really plays and players where you're like 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 wow that that was like all pro level and he does things every single week that make you just sit back and say wow and i think if moving forward if those two guys can consistently keep playing well that uh, this defense will be perfectly fine but yeah i think the duo of demario and pete um they got a lot left in the tank and if that defense line figures it out. I mean, they can continue to be one of the top defenses in the league. In the league, but like I keep saying, it hasn't worked out yet. And we have a situation where our, our head coach Dennis Allen is our defensive. He's our defensive play caller. We have um, Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen as co defensive coordinators. We don't know if that's an issue. If there's some kind of, you know, miscommunication at that point. But yeah, I think we got two of the better linebackers. In the NFL at this point, but like you said, Demario is getting up there in age.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny you took the words right out of my mouth because the next guy I was going to ask you about was Pete Warner. But uh, moving on to the secondary, we'll start to wrap up here with the secondary. I saw Marshawn Lattimore didn't play last Thursday, but I'm curious what how is he looking for for this Sunday and who's kind of uh, who's his replacement?
1: Yeah, I haven't heard much about Lattimore's injury, but the way that was described to me was you can get a bruise obviously on 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 your skin. He's got a bruise inside, and that seems to be really, really painful for him and something that he just couldn't play through. And um, a little bit deeper than football if he got some inside stuff going on. And I think yeah. he got knee pretty hard in the kidney in the Seattle game, and he uh, didn't play, obviously, last week. And, of course, we'd love to have him this game against probably the best fire receiver in the National Football League. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's been a really rough year for the secondary, for the Saints. Uh, they got a ton of guys, ton of talented guys, but the the shuffling of the rotation has been exhausting. We've seen a lineup with Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, and Bradley Roby their starters. Uh, feels like once or twice, and just this past week we played without all three of them, and I'm surprised the Cardinals didn't score more points than they did because we had uh, an absolutely depleted secondary. We had Justin Evans. Um, you know, uh, not uh, not name. really a household name, but maybe yeah. three or four years ago is a household name uh, out there playing corner. And it was just it was just hard to watch. And we had Chris Harris Jr. outside playing playing outside corner against DeAndre Hopkins. And it was just like uh, we got to get healthy, man. And I don't know if we'll obviously see the injury report this this uh, Wednesday. But Paulson Adibo, uh Bradley Roby, Marshall Lattimore, all battling injury all. I'm uncertain if if they're gonna for sure play this week but i would love to have them all back and you guys wouldn't but devonta adams henry um blank uh, on his name Hunter renfro Hunter renfro oh, i almost said henry Ruggs. sorry yeah um, no, I mean, Ruggs will not be playing <laughs> on sunday I can tell yeah you. no I, I hope not yeah those those guys will have a fun time yeah. regardless of who's out there playing corner for the saints
0: well, I tell you what, man. I, I hear you, man. The Raiders have had their struggles at a, at corner this year. Then week one, Anthony Averett, who was like their first guy off the bench, went on IR, and then last week, him and uh, Nate Hobbs, who's been their cornerback one, basically mm-hmm. flipped spots on IR. Averett returned, and and, and uh, Hobbs went out. So it it's it's
1: been tough back That's there exhausting. for
0: both teams. It's it's frustrating. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: at safety, Tyron Matthew comes in as the big free agent signing. So what has he brought to the Saints defense so far?
1: I mean, he's brought a ton. I think Saints fans are are going to be critical over over his play, and uh, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of excuse because he's been we, – we decided to pair him with Marcus May and in the offseason as well. So two brand-new safeties, and we all kind of know how hard it is to switch a position in the back end and just be perfectly fine. You know, you guys are switching corners every week, it feels like, and there's going to be miscommunication. There's going to be change of the defense. uh Tyre Matthews started with, let's see, Marcus May, Justin Evans, P.G. Williams, and there's probably another guy in there as well. So every week it feels like he's trying to figure out someone else new, and I think we're just now getting Marcus May back healthy next to him. He's been playing with a rib issue. Um, they've been good. They've been fine. Uh, I don't think the defense has been good enough around him where he can – go be the honey badger. Let me go line up in line of scrimmage. Let me go do whatever I want because they need help elsewhere. Like I said, with the cornerback injury. So he's kind of doing things that he's not used to be doing. Um, It's like we're watching old LSU film where he's playing deep safety. He's not playing. um, He's not playing in the slot and things like that. Like we're used to seeing. So if this defense can, can figure it out and start playing better around him, I think he can be more of that that actually free safety and go do whatever he wants, but hasn't really seen much production in him. And um, he's got our only interception of the year.
0: (laughs) That that'll work, right? Or I guess (laughs) not work, but uh, that'll be, that'll be good enough. Right. For for now, I guess. All right. But before we officially wrap up here, I do want to ask you about your thoughts on Dennis Allen, especially since he was the Raiders head coach almost 10 years ago now. And actually Derek Carr's first
1: NFL head coach. I mean, I I love D a, he was a, a great defensive coordinator here. And, I mean, he was here for a really, really long time before he went to Oakland, and he's right. been here for a long time as well um, after that. And it, it's it's hard. It's really, really hard to judge the job he's done. Uh, if, if you sub in Sean Payton, I'm sure there's always going to be improvements in some positions. But the thing I keep saying is, if you give an artist a bag full of, of, of paintbrushes, and you break half of them, you ruin half of them. <laughs> and You say, "Paint me a paint me a, a pretty picture." It's not going to be that pretty, and it just hasn't been. Yeah. Um, you know, the Michael Thomas paintbrush has been broken. There's been uh, quarterback brushes that have been broken, and that's just keep that. That's the analogy I'm, I've been using because it's the only thing that makes sense. And so it's kind of hard to judge the job he's done. I don't think he's on necessarily the hot seat at this point. If the season keeps continues to go south and we get healthy and still can't win. I think there's some issues to be had, but um, he's kind of kept the same culture that Sean Payton kept here. Um, So I I think at some point he's got to adapt his own, his own mentality of going throughout things just because it's not working right now.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny you bring that up because it's like, it felt like it's very similar to his tenure in Oakland where like one of the big problems when he was the head coach of the Raiders is he took over and like the Raiders had like, they had like traded a bunch of picks for Carson Palmer, like the year, year Mm -hmm. two before, like they had like, terrible draft situation and then he's basically given like instead of giving the keys to ferrari and told not to crash he was given the keys to a car without an engine told to make it drive like it was it's been pretty rough and i mean like i was talking about he was Derek Carr's first head coach he got fired like i want to say by like october or something like that i don't even know Mm -hmm. if he made it that long so even when they do get a franchise quarterback he's on the way out so i hope for him it does work out in new orleans because he was a guy that I know at least really wanted it to work out. And I was hopeful at some point that he uh, would be the guy. Obviously it didn't work out. Well, thanks for coming on, Brendan real quick before you go, where can the people find you?
1: Um, I, I do the same thing. Uh, your, your guy here is doing. Uh, I do a podcast with country chronicles. Um, if you want a deeper dive, obviously into your opponent this week, um, how you guys can, can beat us and how you guys can disrupt <laughs> our defense. Um, come listen in. Uh, there hasn't been many, pleasing conversations about the saints <laughs> so far but um if, if may, maybe if you're feeling adventurous on a sunday and, and you guys win come tune in and listen to my rant of how frustrated i am and how you guys beat up on us there you go
0: always good to see someone else in misery right Always good to be watching <laughs>
1: we're all in this together exactly awesome
0: well you guys know where to find me adam holding 95 on twitter make sure you're following silver and black bride other than that until next time guys